You're listening to Kiama Community Radio. Staying healthy is about mind, body and spirit. Here's what's happening in your community to keep you feeling fab. So I am Dr. Jay in Kayama and I'm one of the GPs. I've done a couple of podcasts in in this uh, forum before. Today I have with me Olga who is a registered psychologist who works with individuals in the areas of anxiety, depression, trauma, grief, pain and injury management as well as relationship issues. We'll try and keep this talk very simple to work together to solve some of these issues so that we give more awareness to our community about the mental health. And I hope to tackle the stigma and shame associated with mental health. So what is mental health, Olga? What do you think? Sanjay, thank you for the privilege of talking uh, today about such an important topic. So I guess the way that I see mental health is it's a state of well-being. It's the way in which the individual can cope with stress in their lives and how they respond to the daily demands of life on the areas of the emotional, psychological and social well-being. All right. Okay. So just to summarize it's person's condition with regard to his psychological and emotional well-being yes. rather than just the physical absence of the disease. Absolutely. You know? yeah. Yeah. So yeah. we see in general practice lots of people who would come to me with the knee pain or back pain and you know, or cough and symptoms, mm-hmm. which we can show them and there are obviously perceived symptoms there. But the mental health is still a taboo to my understanding and I feel lots of people suffer and they don't come to us. Yes. And when they come to us, they're already too late. What do you think? Oh, absolutely agree with you. Um, Sanjay, look, I mean, you just have to look at the statistics to see uh, the Black Dog Institute quotes that just over half people with mental illness come in to get help, which is significantly lower than people who have a physical illness. So there's lots of people out there that are suffering on their own and not getting the support that they need. So mental health, mental illness, sorry, is a, uh, a large issue for us. If you look at the statistics that one in five Australians experience mental illness at some point in their lives, that's again according to the Black Dog Institute. Particularly, I think the age groups that are the highest prevalence are those of 18 to 24. I guess we can see that in the community with some of the statistics that are coming out in, in our local area as well. Yeah, I'm quite concerned that these are the avoidable tragedies, I think. Yes. And that was one of the reasons to talk um, about this podcast. Yes. Now, it is putting an additional pressure in the last one or two years, especially with COVID around. Mm. Mm. Do you think that the number has increased uh, in your practice? Definitely the amount of people that are contacting me to access sessions has increased and I know that a lot of the psychologists that I know in the area are quite busy at the moment 
We've got very long wait lists, so it's encouraging to see that people are accessing our services, but also I guess it in indicates that there is also a stronger need. So I think we do welcome the fact that the government has recognised this and is injecting a lot more funds in to support this, this area with increasing the rebatable sessions and also injecting a little bit more into services like Headspace. Yeah, I think still people in general think the rollover is a bit slow yes. and we need to be uh, you know, more proactive into mm. the mental health and we'll need a higher budget. Mm. Now, what do you think are the symptoms which normally you feel um, mm. are concerning and people should report to us early? I think noticing changes, changes within yourself or your loved ones, so changes in mood, so experiencing low mood, particularly after a long period of time, so I think we classify that as being two weeks or, or more. Changes in behaviour, so not engaging in activities that you enjoyed before. Changes also in um, things like sleep and appetite is important, so that inability to fall asleep or stay asleep or feeling rejuvenated. Uh, also changes in energy levels. So if you're starting to feel quite lethargic and you didn't before, I think that's a key indicator. Another very strong one is your thought patterns. So if you're noticing that there's a lot of negative thoughts that are being quite consistent and dominating, that's definitely um, a red flag. Also feeling disconnected to yourself and others and uh, a lack of motivation and a dropping function. So the mental health is quite fascinating. You know, the symptoms can be very bizarre. So yeah. uh, increasing appetite or low appetite, which is mm. opposite. Yes. Sleeping too much or not sleeping at exactly. all. So these are, you know, that's, yeah. uh, that's difficult to sometimes perceive as this could be underlying mental health. Mm. And that's why a lot of people, uh, they don't come to us quickly. And um, I think most GPs are very well aware of mental health symptoms. The only thing I feel in general practice, you need a rapport. So your patient has to be comfortable to talk on all those symptoms. Absolutely. And in, in my practice, I find people are, they come to us quite late. And um, I see people when they are having almost panic attacks for anxiety and palpitations. Yes. And good number of patients have already presented to emergency with, with the unable to breathe or chest pain yeah. and uh, interestingly hospital is not geared up for these uh, mental health patients yeah. what they do is they do the investigations and say you don't have a heart problem you mm -hmm. can go home and see a GP mm -hmm. so when then they are forced to us now again going back to these are the more anxiety and panic symptoms but their depression is again a major concern Yes. Now, how I describe depression is that we all have ups and downs in life. Mm -hmm. So if you have down and you stay down and you remain low mood for persistently long periods of almost like one or two weeks, yes. you are teary, you're not enjoying any work, you're not able to focus, you're not concentrating and, mm -hmm. and, and low energy that could be a serious concern for depression, isn't it? Yes, absolutely. And I think that goes back to my comment earlier about experiencing a change, so not really feeling like your normal self. Uh, and your summary of symptoms related to depression is, is spot on, yes. 
Right. Yeah. So I see again lots of people getting their teenagers when they find a self-harm thoughts mm-hmm. or um, they already have attempted to mm-hmm. harm themselves and going to emergency presentations. Mm-hmm. I mean that's obviously severe depression and yeah. and they needs medications and treatment or just counseling may not be good enough. So the way it works is I would do a mental health care plan mm-hmm. uh, just to know the let the medicare know that this child or this patient needs counseling yes. and a prolonged treatment this care plan may take 20 minutes to half an hour 40 minutes mm-hmm. and then we give the sessions counseling sessions kayama community radio.org how how do you work you know You said that you use uh, latest technologies to help your patient. Techniques? Yeah. yeah. I mean, as a registered or clinical psychologist, we are informed and keeping informed of of the latest techniques. And for most of us, we have an eclectic approach where we borrow from or utilize uh, a variety of evidence-based uh, modalities, including cognitive behavioral therapy, acceptance and commitment therapy, mindfulness and relaxation, and they all offer different techniques. So the good thing when a client comes in and sees us is that we have a variety of different techniques that we can offer depending on the presentation and and what the person is struggling with but also be able to work with them and their individual personality and needs so that's the key isn't it to yes. individualize the you know cater to that patient so you can't Absolutely. have a generalized one technique which will fit in no, everyone that's right and the way that i like to work with my patients is in a very collaborative approach i think having a strong therapeutic relationship is just as important as the technique so it's important that people in this space feel that it's a very safe space and that they're heard and understood and that we're working on goals uh together that we both believe are important and that the client also has the confidence that what we're focusing on and the techniques that we're using are things that actually have been clinically proven to work so you can have the confidence that you can get results once you uh get into the sessions and really follow some of the recommendations and actually do the work and we maintain the confidentiality is it so Absolutely. in your when your yes. patient is seeing a psychologist yes. or in general practice when they see me yes. they should feel comfortable that we have to have 100% maintaining the confidentiality and their personal things would be that's right kept to yes. us yeah i mean there's strict codes of conduct obviously with both of our professions in how we handle information so everything that gets disclosed to us stays uh between us unless there is that mandatory reporting requirement so right. that is Yeah, but obviously we won't get into that today. No, yeah, this is still interesting. This still I think why it is a taboo as a mental health and traditionally I think men are being told that you know this is this is a part of life you just carry on you don't that's go right. and don't seek help. Yeah. And that's where I want to make this a podcast to let them aware because as a man mm-hmm. we also feel down and we need help too. Absolutely. And we should come early and seek help. And there is always a help. There is always someone to talk to. If you can't talk to your GP, talk to your friend, talk to your the yes. family. Yes. Although I understand that sometimes it is difficult to talk about your mental health to anyone and everyone. Mm-hmm. But if you can have a good rapport with your sibling or your close friend, mm-hmm. talk to them. 
Absolutely. And that's the thing. Most of us these days are not comfortable to reach out and say, hey, I need some support. Um, obviously, there's different levels of support. I encourage people to reach out to people that are close to them and, and have that love and care and general support. And sometimes if things are a little bit more serious, then obviously the professional um, help also needs to come in. Yeah, that's where I have, um, you know, a lot of medications available. Mm. So some people are worried about the medications and uh, obviously that's not the first thing to put them on. Mm. But there are a good number of patients who would not just get to optimal care with counselling and seeing a psychologist and they need medications too. Yes, there's a place for yeah. it, absolutely. So my job is to not only put patients on medication, but to maintain their uh, their mood and focus and attention and everything. So to reduce the side effects. So I closely monitor for adverse effects, encourage the possible minimal dose to optimize their efficacy and function. Yes, that sounds great. Yeah. All right. So anything in particular you want to say to a GP because you don't normally <laughs> talk to a, a general practitioner, That's so true. yeah. I, I guess what what kind of uh, what are the typical presentations that you uh, come across, Angie, in terms of the kind of uh, patient that you have and are dealing with? Yeah, in general, I think we do have a mixed disorders of gen- generalized anxiety and depression. Now, this could be predominant depression or predominant anxiety, but I think they are closely linked together, and that's my majority of patients. Yeah. Now there is good number of time there is a precipitant you know whether uh, you have a relationship problems or uh, losing a job uh, and then you suddenly start worrying about future Uh, so those things uh, we see in general in public in general in community but as a doctor my also job is to exclude organic pathology so i i do a significant effort exam and make sure that we ruled out thyroid Mm -hmm. you know low iron and few other things which could be contributing in lethargy and weakness. So I do a thorough uh, medical checkup too. Although very interestingly, uh, people just don't put things together and just a low iron is not the main cause of, you know, and we are barking the wrong tree. So we start going on the wrong, trying to fix the low iron or just low vitamin B12. And that may be contributing in a smaller way, Mm. but taking a bigger picture of mental health and pursuing that that's a key to to get the patient into optimal health yeah so i guess you're looking at all the pieces of the puzzle the, the physiological contributions to some of the symptoms but obviously also the psychological i'm not sure if a lot of the audience out there also knows how mental health plans work in terms of with yourself your role and my role is that we do work collaboratively you know there's that review point that after a few sessions the client comes in and checks in with you and and reports on how they're progressing uh, with the psychologist and with their medication so so we do work as a team to ensure that we're really looking after that's right so that's the whole purpose of care plan so uh, we are not treating in isolation So when you do a six reviews, you write me a letter and that's what most psychologists would do to GP. Mm-hmm. And then they say it would need some more counseling sessions mm-hmm. and I'm happy to give you more four sessions more. But because of the COVID, I think they are getting now 20 sessions. Yes. So after 10 sessions and if you need more counseling and psychologist involvement, we get another 10. 
Yes. Isn't it? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And that's great now that we have those extra sessions. Yeah. All right. I think uh, that's a good, in a nutshell, I think we won't go into the details now. We have a time to. Yeah. Um, There's a lot there that, that we won't yeah. get into. I guess today's a general. That's right. So we are making another session on that. Yeah. We could do part two, definitely. If, do you have. If the, the audience has any questions. That's right. Do you <laughs> like to give some resources on, online which okay, can help? Yeah. I guess these days we do have a lot more uh, resources that we can access with the internet and also there's a a lot of good apps that are are coming out at the moment I guess there's the main ones that people can look at as a first resource and getting some information like the Black Dog Institute Beyond Blue the Headspace website for 12 to 25 year olds uh, they also have online counseling there's the kids helpline for 5 to 12 year olds and of course we can't miss the men's helpline as well that's very important yeah, i like black dog institute they've got a lot of resources available yes. so yeah. that's great all right olga i think uh, thanks for uh, your time and thank appreciate uh, being here no, it's been a pleasure all right lovely thank you Join us next time for some more ways to keep you feeling fab. You've been listening to Kiama Community Radio. The views, information or opinions expressed during this segment are solely those of the individuals involved and do not necessarily represent those of Kiama Community Radio.